Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Donald Trump, thanks for being here. You've talked enough politics all over the place. I want to ask you what you think about Sesame Street moving to HBO. I'm against it. Why? I just don't feel good about it. I don't feel right about it. Well, it'll be interesting with the characters being able to curse and have nudity. They'll be able to write them with much more nuance. I would not do that. You know, I grew up and I went to school with many of these people. I'm not sure I'd call them people as much as characters written on a piece of paper. They're going to come to you, they're going to call you, and I don't mean where you give them a big party. I feel like you're really personifying these puppets. And I have six friends. They are medium-sized and smaller. Of the six, three of them recently told me I have a big heart. Wow, Big Bird and Elmo and maybe Ernie. Sounds like they really love you. I have a big heart. I really do, despite what you may think. I never said you didn't. I was just talking to you about Sesame Street going to HBO. They've always done a good job, etc., etc. Yeah, they've been great. I think they might even be better on HBO. They might start cursing, get a little swagger. They're going to call you and say, it's a disaster. We're fools. I don't know. I don't think Big Bird's picking up the phone anytime soon. Do we have to do something about it? And we have to do something about it quickly. I think it's already happened. They don't have the capacity to do it. I think it's already in motion. What, are you going to try and stop it from happening? Well, you know, I have a real interesting situation. I've become very wealthy. I have like this great influence, okay? I know, but surely you can use your money and power for something better. And maybe just leave Big Bird alone. I have tremendous power. Just leave him alone. They're threatening us. They're not threatening you. The one negative about saying it, and frankly, if it's good for the country, I don't care, is that now everyone else is starting to say it. And I started it. This is a good episode. We've got actress and comedian Ashley Austin Morris. You might have seen her as the star of the new Electric Company. She's also in lots of movies. You could check her out on imdb.com. That's on the internet. Lots of information there. 
It's a good conversation. It got kind of intense. Had some themes threaded through. And I thought it wrapped up rather nicely. I enjoyed it. And I hope you do too. My conversation with Matt Kaplan and Ashley Austin Morris. In my room. <laughs> so that was your apartment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Why do you call it not your apartment? Because I have a thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's my roommate's. I pay rent. I love living there. I love her. She's like one of my best friends in the whole world. I adore yeah. her. But like I moved literally all the time growing up, just constantly. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a place that was like actually mine. Like I've always had a scheme or a deal or like I moved to New York really young. I lived in a, I had a illegal sublet in an old folks home. Like I've always had some type of weird thing. Mm-hmm. So I think the day I get my name on a lease is like a will be like a very monumental thing to me. Yeah. Do you feel like um, you feel kind of ungrounded? Yes. It's like actually very painful for me because I've never had the feeling of, of, Oh, no one can ever ask me to leave. Like I live here. I've never had that. I like, I don't know what that would be like right. or, or even that sense of being from somewhere or what a home is. Well, it's like owning a place versus renting even. Yeah. 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 The, the language a person uses reveals a lot about themselves. Yeah. The fact that you're not calling it your apartment, though you pay rent. Yeah. Because at any moment, you know, I hope she doesn't, but my roommate could be like, okay, I I don't want you to live here anymore. Yeah. But at any moment, your landlord could kick. That's true. That's true. How do you illegally squat at an old age home? I did not let that slip by. Okay. This is actually like amazing. Like when I say old, it's called independence house. Okay. On the upper West side. And like, I didn't know how good I had it. You know what I mean? Are you telling people this so they can go and squat? I don't think you can do it anymore. Okay. But so, um, like poles on the toilet, you know what I mean? So the old folks says like, it was for real. Yeah. Okay. Um, and on the door it says the Arroyos, which is like where we were living. Cause you know, they are dead. But <laughs> so this building is subsidized living for seniors that can't afford apartments in New York. Okay. So when they'll die, the like crook that, runs the property mm-hmm. gets other people to move in and pay him cash under the door whoa yeah so he marks it up so he's making a profit and then he pays the government what the difference would be mm-hmm. so you like can't really get mail there the other neighbors you kind of have to pretend like you're a nurse like <laughs> how did you get, find out about this place that's amazing um, I can't say how. Okay. You're and not a snitch. It's not like assisted living. It's just uh, lower. It's just lower price. income. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was picturing you were at like a retirement home and like. No, but they, they yeah. are like, yeah. there's like, like, you know, the, the cane mm-hmm. strollers or whatever. Like, well, I, I think if you're searching for your sitcom, this is it, you know? Like, oh, there's look, so many yeah. stories. Like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> How do you, but you're right. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. Louis, a few years ago, because I auditioned for it, um, had a very similar Did he? show mm-hmm. that didn't get made. It was just the pilot. Oh, okay. And it was like, I, w- I remember reading it and being like, wait a second. It was your story? It was very similar. Mm-hmm. It was really similar. So you auditioned for a pilot that Louis made? That didn't get made? Yeah, I don't think it got made. Huh. This was years ago. Okay. So it was between his two shows. I, I think yeah. it was just between the two shows. Okay. Yeah. 
So how do you go, what year was this? Because you, like, I looked at your IMDb, you're like a working actress. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. why sometimes people don't understand when I'm like, I have no time. Mm-hmm. And people are like, comics don't get that because we don't start work till eight. But you're doing But I'm normally work. like, you know, when I'm lucky, you know, God, please more. But like, normally there's auditions. Like, it's always, there's, there's always stuff Hustling. during the day. It's not like I have a day. Yeah off like a lot of comics do mm-hmm. are you uh in something right now yeah um i leave on the 21st to go to a play in houston okay at the alley which i'm super excited about because i've dreamed of working at that theater since i was like 13 it's a really pre- prestigious theater and um you're from texas right yeah i've lived half my life in new york though okay so kind of i mean i am i was born there mm-hmm. i was raised there to a certain extent because you, you have a kind of a down-home girl kind of thing. Really? That I get from when I've been in Texas. Yeah, real down-home friendly. Thanks. I think, like, Texas people are really good. I know there's crazy Republican craziness, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm from San Antonio, which is a pro- predominantly, like, Mexican city. Yeah. And the people there are honestly the best people in the world because... Yeah. They really just work to have money to like barbecue and go to the river and like everybody's just really into like having a good time and everybody's well, there's no weird race stuff in San Antonio at all like mm-hmm. at all. Well that's the kind of the weird thing about America in general. I think you can have a crazy Republican Christian gun-toting person and they could still be like the sweetest person that would help you if your car broke down Sure, sure and Austin is is another place. I lived for a while and um, you know very liberal very open-minded very Democrat and so I never lived in the parts of Texas that Mm -hmm. Make me ashamed to be from Texas. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was never my experience there Yeah, I've I was in a Texas somewhere around the uh, Iraq war time. Oh, yeah. And uh, there were, it was a karaoke night yeah. and they were blasting uh, Toby Keith. We'll put a boot in your ass. Oh, my gosh. I totally remember that. Oh, my God. And everybody in the bar, it was packed, probably at least 200 people grazing their glasses chanting that's insane we'll put a boot in your ass it's the american way i was like oh my god and i left i left and sat in the car <laughs> and waited <laughs> just waited for our hosts to leave that's hilarious i well we i was in high school then and i had just moved back from new york i mm-hmm. lived in new york for like a year and a half and then moved back to you like my senior year with uh-huh. my friends and uh, we were on spring break, and we went to Mexico mm-hmm. the day the war started. So oh, wow. we were getting wasted in Mexico, and Ooh. not like Cancun, not that kind of Mexico, mm-hmm. like the kind of Mexico where like it's just a very different kind of Mexico. Yeah. So then we had to go back across the border, but a war had started. So it was uh-huh. like it, it was just like. It was very great. It was insane. I don't remember all the details, but I remember us like up like probably like ten. You know, I was friends with a bunch of hot girls, like ten yeah. hot teenage American girls at the border trying to get back into Mexico the day a war started, and it was like not. We were like, we might be really screwed right now. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting to uh, interesting time to leave. <laughs> yeah, but where, where what were you doing in Texas? Um, I was on tour with a band at the time, and uh, 
the people that were putting us up for the night, we went from the music venue to this other bar. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're getting a tour of Texas, wherever we were. And What, were you in Austin? No, we were, I think we were near San Antonio or in San Antonio. I'm trying to remember the town, but it was, I think it might have been San Antonio. Oh, weird. Yeah. Weird. Which is why I thought of it. But you have been, enough about me, you have been working like pretty consistently. Oh, thanks. Yeah, at least on, on the internet it says so. I mean, that's thanks. great. Thank you. It's funny because like the days between it must feel different to me than they look on paper. <laughs> you, yeah, that's that's what's so interesting is like I feel first of all, I feel very pressured with time. And you feel, I feel like you, there's so much to unravel here with you because the person that I know of you on stage is so different than the star of the electric company, for example. Oh, like oh. I watched I watched a couple episodes of she was in the electric company. The, oh, the newer version yeah, yeah. of the electric company thanks. and it's a kid's show it is a kid's show yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're like this like you're kind of the evil person though yeah right yeah and it was my first on-camera job so it was it really was a great learning experience because they were so kind to us and actually ryan mcfall who directed most of the episodes is the main director on the amy schumer show so okay. there was like a it was a kid's show but they were also like letting us do like old school physical comedy that you know we were all theater actors and so okay. it was like such an amazing safe safe way to learn how to be on camera yeah it so was, that was your first on-camera job yeah huh? yeah interesting because it's so different than your stand-up which yeah. is like much more edgy Oh, well, thanks. I think yeah. children's show are, are kind of uh, stylized like old school sketch shows. They are. Yeah. They really are, especially that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like there's like a vaudevillian aspect mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, that's really fun. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see it through that lens, but that makes total total sense. That's interesting. So, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the stand up or the acting? I prefer the acting. Mm -hmm. I do. That's an odd choice, not what I was expecting, because really? with stand-up, it's you. Yeah, I don't like that. Why? I like being a character. You like being in character? I do. I, do. I love entertaining people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if it's in an elevator. I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. So that the stand-up came out of not wanting to wait for a job. Right. Just really needing to yeah. entertain. You know, I think everyone's kind of given a gift and if we use it for good we make the world a better place mm -hmm. and I think I'm just I was just the ADD kid that like distracted everybody in class and now that it's my job to distract people from their pain or their problems or whatever is, it is is that your MO is that your is that what guides you yeah to? like like for instance I don't really want to do stand up mm -hmm. right now there's like something inside of me that's like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. Really? But then and I was having like a crisis of it in, this morning. And I was like, oh, I have to check this because A, I'm really blessed to have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And B, it's not about what I want. Mm -hmm. It's It's got to be okay. And for me, I call it God. People can call it whatever they want. But for me, that like divine love, mm -hmm. right? I have to say to it every day, like, it's up to you however you want to use me in this world. Mm -hmm. And if some days that's on camera, great. If it's in a play, great. If it's stand-up, then I need to, like, love that and cherish that. Because those humans came for a reason, and it's my job to be like, 
forget your problems. Right. It's okay. not about me getting laughs. In my best days, yeah. that's exactly how I perceive what I'm doing. Like yeah. when, when I could be like, okay, I'm not here for myself. Right. It's not about my ego. It's right. about making other people feel joy. Right. That's in my best days. What you've just said is really poignant because you've just hitched yourself onto something much bigger than yourself. Yeah, but I don't always practice it and does not go well when it's all about my ego. Right, no. It's a recipe for disaster. It is a recipe. And unfortunately, I probably live there seven out of ten times. It is about my ego. I want to be funny. I want to... And it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a challenge as a human to overcome that and to say like... I'm not going to live that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, so this is when, you know, everyone can prescribe their own term, their own definition, but this is your spiritual practice. Yeah. To, yeah. Now, when you say God, do you mean, do you think of God like someone, a puppet master pulling strings and a No. No. Do you believe in a prescribed fate? Like God has a fate for us? I think of it maybe like the shoulder. Um, I was friends with a a girl who, I feel like her father was a rabbi. I don't remember. Somebody in her family was a rabbi and told her this. And um, Uh she was like, fate is kind of like a shoulder. Like you can move your arm back and forth, up and down, but you can't take your arm off of your shoulder and throw it across the room. Mm -hmm. So I think of fate maybe as like our, our, like, I think, okay, here, no, this is a better way. And I think the way I, f- the way I understand it, but I also have no answers. I'm also like very much on a journey. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I have no answer. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. And, a lot and of I ideas, think that's but. what attracted to me about your comedy in the very beginning is it seemed to come from this very like left of center cuckoo kind of open to the world Mm. vessel place and i really loved that you know thanks but i think like the moments in my life where i go oh that's not me that's just this surge of like love and light and i really feel like a vessel of something much bigger Mm -hmm. i think oh i was probably in my purpose i do believe in purpose in your purpose Uh right and then when I don't feel that, I go, why was that out of my purse? You know. Ooh, I like that. I think that's also just getting your own insecurities out of the way. Yeah. Like you're just, you're letting yourself do what you want to be doing. Right. And, and not doubting yourself. Right. Yeah. Have you always felt this way or did something happen to, because this is a big idea. This is a big thing to, I mean, usually something happens to someone for them to stumble upon this. Hmm. Yeah. I think I was raised a little bananas. I was raised really cuckoo and that has evolved. Uh, this is like the perfect story. I think, um, mm-hmm. you, you were- know, my parents, my mom and stepdad were like urban missionaries. They would basically like start churches and like housing projects or it was just a very, and then that would change. It wasn't always like that. It was just changing. The environment so like was changing all Christian the time. Christian missionaries. Yeah. 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 Okay, but spreading they, the worship of Jesus and yeah, God around. Yeah, but it was like very different than like lots of prostitutes, lots of drug addicts, lots of, it was very much just like God is love. What do you mean lots of prostitutes and drug addicts? They brought like, them into your house? 
Yeah, into which I do jokes about that. Yeah, uh-huh. into into our home, into we were in prostitutes' homes all the time. Um, in this one particular housing project that was in San Antonio called Alazon Apache Courts. What did your mom think about your dad being in a prostitutes' house all the time? Well, she was there too. <laughs> we were all there. <laughs> so he would like. Okay, this is interesting because. My father does this. He goes to prisons to rehabilitate people. So he was going. I love that. He was going. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. There's just so many people that can use your help. Yeah. I I, I personally wouldn't start with prisoners. Why? Um, There's, I don't know. I just think veterans. I think uh, animals before I would help a prisoner. That's me personally. And see, I would be attracted to helping a prisoner Mm -hmm. first because... I've been a horrible person before yeah. that really probably didn't deserve. Like, why was I blessed enough to be born in a place where like I can go into a comfortable bed at night? Like I have legs that work. Like I've been given a lot of things that on paper. I don't think I deserved. No, you've worked for that. No, there's been lots of things in my life that I see people that work much harder that didn't get the opportunities I got. Well, there's, there's always going to be something worse to compare yourself to, hopefully. Right. And I guess that was like a weird way of saying, like, I think there's, I think that's the God that I believe in, the God that would go to somebody that's done something horrific and go, I love you anyway. Oh, right. Yeah. That's ultimate uh, sacrifice. There. Yeah. That's really, I guess, like Christianity and yeah. its core of what, yeah. what it should be. For what what it should be. Yeah. Less fortunate. Absolutely. Instead of inviting wealthy people into your church and exactly. taking the money and, and exactly. doing whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's really what the Christi that I don't even think that's Christianity actually. Mm. Like these right. evangelical things that we see on television asking for money and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, I Someone don't Someone must that. help the more fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or like the, like telling people they're going to hell or for something. It's like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? In, <laughs> instead of helping the people who need it immediately. Yeah. Or in prison or a drug yeah. addict, a prostitute. Yeah. So yeah. you grew up with a lot of religion around a you. A lot. Yeah. A lot. And, but, oh, this is so cool. But you, on top of this, like, you know, religion well you know when you think of ned flanders i think a lot of people think oh she grew up with ned flanders oh my gosh my stepdad looks just like ned flanders i'm not even kidding (laughs) but you grew up in ned flanders house with all these prostitutes and drug addicts around so it's like the best of both worlds yeah but it also changed all the time like sometimes it was too much and too crazy and not about love Uh and i don't hold any of that against my parents because i think like well they were young and they were growing and changing in their faith too. Mm-hmm. And like now my mom is like has to remind me to be like like whoa, like where's grace in this? Like don't be so hard on yourself. Like not whereas when I yeah. was a kid it was like that's a sin, that's a sin. That's So people change and grow and and Right. Well that whole that's a sin, that's a sin thing is very judgmental. It is and it was like if you That's why I never understand these people that use a God platform to say that somebody else is going to burn in hell. It's like, well, have you read your Bible? Cause it actually says God is love. It actually says like, don't judge someone. And it says all sins are equal. So yeah. even if you think something is a sin, well, judging it as so is just as equal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, 
It's like I have enough of my own crap to clean up before I tell anyone they're making any mistake. Exactly, right. and I think you, you're you're hint, you're hinting at the line. You know, there's a line yeah. of like good, and then religion gone too far. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. So this is interesting. So this house. This is your home. They would you would have prostitutes and all drug addicts, all kinds of people sleeping there. No, no, no. So we would there, and this was um, not my whole childhood by any means. But uh, when I I want to say like five to like eight or so, mm-hmm. we would go to this housing project called Alazan Apache Courts, and it was like. I mean, if you look it up online, mm-hmm. if you read about what was going on in the eighties there, it would it's. AIDS was being spread rampant. Right. Um, tons of rape, tons of gang rape, tons of drive-bys every day. Like wow. children, 11-year-olds pregnant. Right. I mean, you would meet a grandmother, a mother, and a daughter who were all prostitutes. And it was just, that was, the guys were drug dealers and gang members. The women were prostitutes. Family business. Family business. So you would go, we would go there and... Um, we would have church on Sundays, mm-hmm. but during the week we would just go and like have Bible studies or, you know, the point was to try to get these women off drugs, off of, you know, being a prostitute. Through the belief in God. Through the belief in God. And, mm-hmm. and you know, by showing them that like God's not mad at you, God loves you, blah, blah, you know, and by trying to be like human manifestation of love. Right. But I I think out of that whole time, one woman moved out of the project. It was the type of place where it wasn't projects like New York City where you could have them in the city. It was removed from the city. It was miles and miles and miles wide and long with stores in it for food stamps and blah, blah, blah. So if you were born there, you could potentially live and die there without ever going outside of the... Right. Well, don't you, don't you feel, I mean, I sometimes feel like spirituality in general Mm -hmm. is a luxury. Like when you're struggling just to pay your bills, just to feed your kids, you don't have time to think about all these ethereal concepts and God and all this. I agree. Did you find that these people are like, "Uh, that's great. Yes. God this, but can you give me some money? Because that's what I really need. I don't need this, this belief in God. I need to feed my kids. I mean, I definitely think there was some of that. Um, but we were also feeding. You were bringing them, them actual food. Yeah, we were bringing them food right. and toys and and Bibles and and we were poor too. We were very poor. Uh-huh. Like so, it wasn't like we were on a mountaintop looking down. We were like them. Huh. You know. Yeah. Wow, this is a great uh, story you've got. Thank you. Yeah, so- I guess. I mean, I didn't do anything for it. <laughs> You remembered it. I remembered it. You experienced it. it. It's a Mm -hmm. part of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it must come out in your personality. Yeah. I think it, I think that I don't, I'm grateful that, um, like I'm grateful that I don't feel the need to be like a Bible thumping, live in the church, preach to the choir type person, which I grew up with a lot of those, but I heard this amazing story about, um, And it also is why I believe that laughter, I believe this is my mission. I believe entertainment is my mission Mm -hmm. on this earth because I heard this great story about um, Mother Teresa and there was this dramaturg who was just sick of being in the theater and she was just like, oh, this is so corrupt. And she kind of, she became like a Catholic or something. And it was when Mother Teresa was still alive and she found out what hotel she was going to be in when she was visiting in New York. Mm -hmm. 
And I guess this woman went to the hotel and found Mother Teresa's interpreter and like said to her, you know, I want to give up my work in the theater and I want to come work with you in Cambodia and and I want to dedicate my life like you have to God's work. And Mother Teresa told her interpreter um, to tell the woman, my people are starving in the body. Uh Your people are starving in the soul. Stay in your mission. So it's like, uh, yes, we are, it is a luxury to go entertain people that can afford to go to comedy clubs or theater or have cable or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they need, they need it too. Everybody does. Everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody does. I mean, this is also, it's, it surprises me that you want to, be an actress because you have so much to say and you have so much experience oh thanks it's for almost saying like that. i want you to write i, I want to oh, hear I what do. you have to say i do write but um yeah i think and i'm and i am writing a one woman show about it but um yeah i'm working workshopping it in um in california and um end of december but uh i think it's insecurity i don't think that i'm a great comedian i don't I disagree. Well, thank you. But it's, I feel so much more comfortable and it's easier for me to hide behind somebody else's words. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. But, um, I guess I just wish I were better at it. I have a question. I mean, uh, you say when you're doing stand up, that's you, but it's yeah. still somewhat of a character, it is, a part yeah. of you. Yeah. Have you ever thought about or have you considered being like, I'm going to bring that character somewhere else? I'm going to present a, a larger character, a character, one that's further away from who I am. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I try. I did this night where I wrote these four characters and I performed them. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the experience because I didn't feel the pressure to be funny. They all had like these different stories. And I did want it to be much more of like a, a, a Lily Tomlin, Whoopi Goldberg type thing yeah um and they all had to do with home and mm-hmm. what it meant to each of these very different people but then somebody said to me an older actress said to me who's famous i'm not gonna say who she is she said to me um well what's the point didn't Whoopi Goldberg and lily tomlin already do this and even though the material was very different blah blah and it just kind of like hurt me so bad that I couldn't look at it anymore. Yeah, it was something a comment like that could just stunt your creativity. It did. It yeah. really did. And I used to always think I was very much above that because like I don't have nobody in my life was like I mean that's not true. People in my life have been encouraging to me, but it wasn't like I was born with any of the things that like television and film wants a person to have, you know? So I'm normally, I'm normally good with like somebody saying like, no. And I'm like, no, that's not true. I can do this. But that for some reason, just like really, cause I did think like, well, what is the point? Well, I also think you ever hear those concepts on maybe it's just, but Every generation kind of needs their own. Like, yeah. there, there's a blues guy, Robert Johnson. He did that in the 30s. But yeah. then, like, no one knows who Robert Johnson is. So right. they have, like, the newer blues guy. Right. And every, I mean, Lily Tomlin did that. But yeah. maybe they need someone to do that for the new generation. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. And yeah. thank you for asking that. Because it did, it, it was like, I mean, has that ever happened to you guys where somebody. I couldn't believe how much it affected me. Because I'm normally so good with, I'm like, oh, that's oh, your opinion. Oh, it, yeah. it really just, like, I haven't looked at it since. Do you think it's because uh, who the actress is that you respected her? No. 
I think maybe I knew that I had watched their one woman shows so much. Okay. That I did think like, this is easier than actually telling the truth. Like, it's so hard with criticism because I don't know. Maybe I felt guilty. Maybe I felt like she was right. I mean, I think there's probably some middle ground where you can be more in character, but still speaking things that are honest and yeah. truthful from you or, or to someone else. Yeah. And they were honest and truthful. Yeah. It really was about like that. I think America commits genocide on the poor with mm-hmm. the food that is available to them. And I really believe that. And like, it was about each of these characters, you know, their idea of home and and that really has been the search of my life and I so I really did like feel that it was different in that way but maybe I did feel guilty like oh yeah I did just kind of go oh look look at this model let me do it that way that'll be easier than inventing my own model yeah (laughs) so I don't know what is your idea of home I think it's a place that no one can ask you to leave (laughs) like yeah I mean I don't know that it's funny because the longest I ever lived in one place my whole life was six to 12. We lived in one house and, um, it had been my grandmother's and she sold it to us for a dollar. Nice. Yeah. Cause you like have to sell it for, you can't just give someone a house yeah. or a car. Or yeah. And it was on Las Nubis and that was the longest I ever lived anywhere in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, so when somebody says like home or I grew up this way, it's kind of like if you were, if you told somebody blue and their color or they were blind or like, it doesn't really have like a, I don't know. You don't have a firm definition of it. I don't really have a firm or a feeling of it. I have a feeling of it. Uh huh. When I, when I say home, like what is that feeling? What does it bring up a memory? No, I think it's why I'm so addicted to performing because it really is like in any theater. Mm hmm. Um, when the house lights are down Mm -hmm. and the stage lights are up, you can see dust no matter what. Yeah. So that feeling of like, and this is how I ended that like one woman show that I wrote, um, was like, it was that it was like the space between the light and the dust. Like that to me is home. So you feel most at home on stage or in a, in a collective, like creative experience. Like right now this feels like what I would describe the feelings of home. Mm-hmm. Or I think that's why stand up maybe sometimes lacks something for me is mm-hmm. I like the collaborate. I like collaborating. Like most of the TV and film I've done, I've never, ever watched it. I don't care about the product. Right. I just love the experience. I like to make the crew laugh. I Working like to, with the whole crew. Exactly. I yeah. love all that. I don't really care about like, the theater, I lo- I don't care about seeing the people afterwards. It's not about the applause. I love the 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 moment with them making this thing that we can't make alone. See, that's what I love about stand up as opposed to playing music. Is that my background is in playing music, but with music, you play the you play the song from the stage and you hope the audience comes along. Where with stand up, the audience has to come along with you. You have to make sure they're connected with you. You have to feel connected to them. See, that's so crazy because in my mind, I think musicians are the luckiest people in the world. And like, I love, cause I love music so much and I can't do anything without it. Uh-huh. And I think it transcends everything. I do think there's an element to music that transcends, well, transcends language for sure. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as like feeling connected to other people, like you say with the crew, I think doing stand up. I just love it so much more than playing music because the people have, I I feel so connected to the people Mm. where when I would get off stage playing music, I'd be like, okay, I hope people enjoyed that. You know, I could tell some people were locked in, but 
yeah. with stand up. If someone's not paying attention, you address them directly. Yeah, you know? I need to remember that. This is good. This is good. Yeah, I, I really love that connection feeling with stand up. Yeah, that's what makes me real jazzed about it. But um, yeah, that's interesting. The feeling of home, like Seinfeld always says. He he feels more comfortable on stage. Yeah, he knows what to say. He knows what you know. He feels in control. It's, yeah, it's in the green room that he's like, oh, I, I don't know what that. to say to these people. No, I hate that. I actually, you're one of the only comics I like talking to. I have a really hard time with the. Uh, okay, that's not true. That has changed in the last six uh-huh. months. That's changed in the last six months. Yeah, I I feel so insecure in comedy mm-hmm. that I don't like. Uh, I I just get scared. I don't like the the talking to, what, to the comics. Yeah, but what do you feel insecure about your performance? Yeah, really, I'm surprised to hear this. I feel like it. I because you're you're pretty accomplished. You're constantly working. You're successful. You have a great oh, stand up. I just wonder if like this. It just has to do with you being young and not having like a stable childhood because Hmm. (laughs) I'm not to get too armchair psychologist or anything, but there's just no need for you to feel that way. That's so funny. I don't think it's that uncommon for standups to be uncomfortable with each other. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hear that a lot too. I, I think so. I mean, I'm I don't do stand up, but I'm around yeah. them a lot. I'll, I'll be at shows, and 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 I feel like there's that energy. I mean, of course, a lot of it has to do with that you're nervous about your own yeah. performance. What did people like? Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's sort of like this weird connection between yeah. comics. Not that it's negative towards each other necessarily, or, yeah. although I'm sure that is the case at times. But I feel like maybe it's just part of stand ups. Yeah. Y- you know, at their root, that they're yeah. k- kind of people like that. I think maybe I don't feel worthy of of it. And I think that's it. Because it really is like, I love other comics. And I think they're wonderful. But it's almost like I don't don't feel like worthy of being in it. That's what surprises me. And I would say that it's all bullshit. Yeah. And it all has to do with where you come from as a child. Like you see, you see kids that grow up with families that in the, they're in the same house. Yeah. Their parents never got a divorce. Yeah. They had a very stable upbringing. Yeah. They're much more prone to success because they feel very grounded. Oh crap. You know, you you, you know, standups like that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know any like, but here's what I will say, especially about the New York city community. Mm -hmm. I've never in my life experienced something where with two things, which is, if you put on there, you've got a big audition for something comedy-wise. You have done it for me multiple times, but people will openly have you do time on their shows. They'll help you out. And like this thing we're doing tomorrow night for the war vets, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know how I'm going to get everybody on stage. I've had over 60 comedians yeah, you know, want to participate in something. And I go, my God, these people... Yeah, it like makes a, me want to cry. It is, it is a great community. Yeah, yeah. People do. I feel like people do have each other's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when so you're, you from six to twelve, you lived in that same house. Yeah. And when you think of that time in particular, is it feeling more grounded? Is that like the most grounded you felt? No, I think that was one of the most tumultuous. That that was very. Those were very tumultuous, tumultuous years. Why? Yeah. Well, I think. Um, my mom had married the man who raised me. Um, oh, your parents weren't together anymore? Oh, no. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No, no, no. Yeah, my, my parents were divorced my whole life. Your whole life? Yeah. When, when did that happen? I think their divorce was final when I was like, a, like an infant. Okay. So really, so like, yeah. all while she's pregnant with you, they're having. I think they're yeah, 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 yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just think it's all bullshit, and it's all like people that feel stable in their life. They just had a stable upbringing. Their parents yeah. just managed to keep it together. Yeah. It's, that's what I'm saying. The insecurity, it's not grounded in anything. Oh, that's, thank you. That's, that's really sweet. At. Thanks. Did your parents sell the house when you were 12 and make a lot of money off of your grandmother that they spent no, a dollar for? No. The house, <laughs> I had mushrooms growing in my bathroom. Oh, no, in my closet. Because, like, <laughs> the pipes underneath the house. Like, we were so poor uh-huh. that the pipes underneath the house busted. And so the carpet got, like, mildewed. And I just remember being a little girl being like, there's mushrooms in my oh, closet. So it, 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 That's so gross. I it, can't even believe I told you guys so that. So your grandmother may have actually made money off of you by selling it but for, for a dollar. For a dollar, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I think the, the house was eventually um, one of those people that, like, buys dumps to rebuild them. Like, that's who okay. bought it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because, <laughs> like, you, you, this is very unstable, yeah. you know, uh, background. And, they, you know, a lot of uh, creative types come from that kind yeah. of background. Like, I often joke if I had kids, I would, you know. Lock just, them in a closet. Yeah, just, just mess them up on purpose so they become better artists. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's so funny. I look at my brother's kids, and my brothers are both such like wonderful fathers. I'm like, mm. what chance are your kids going to have at all? <laughs> what, with dinner at the same time every day? Like, what right. are you talking about? <laughs> well, that and that's something else I was thinking about earlier is, is routine. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had none of that. Did you guys? I, for the most part, I did, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. But routine will really, like, I think many people need routine because routine gives you a sense of stability. A lot of people without oh. the routine, they kind of downward spiral. Yeah. They need the routine of getting up and going to the same place every day. And you obviously have none of that. None. Never did, never have. None. Yeah. And th- when we say like a feeling of home, yeah, I think what we really mean is a feeling of stability. Yeah. That's why it's so funny because even like having to be somewhere mm-hmm. drives me out of my skin. Interesting. Why? The, just the, ob- the obligation of it? Yeah, I like to leave my house at like 1 p.m. Yeah. And first of all, I sit on my floor and I, for like a good hour before I do anything. Doing what? Drinking coffee, writing, sitting there. On the floor. Making peace with the fact that I'm awake. Yeah. And then like. Is is this like a a spirit? Like a, a spiritual thing. Is it? Or yeah. is it just like a breakdown thing? No, it's it's like, no, the breakdown happens like 4 a.m. This okay. is a spiritual thing. It gets real Judy Garland at like nice. 3 a.m. But um, like the late layers, Judy. But like, yeah. but, and then I want to walk to the city from Brooklyn. Mm. And I don't, like, maybe my day takes me here. Maybe it takes, right. I don't want. Any obligation. I don't want any obligation. So relate to that. Yeah. 
except I want work. Right. I want lots of work. Yeah. The work that I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding the older I get, like when I have to leave the house is like this fear of transition. I feel like I'm turning into a cat where cats, they don't like to be moved from one place really? to another. Yeah. It's so weird. Like if I have to be somewhere, if I have to be in the city at 730, I'll be totally fine. And I'll be like, I could, I could leave at five. But once it comes to like near seven, just like this, like fear sets in and I don't want to move and I'm going to be late. And, but then wow. once I'm out the door and I'm walking, it's, it's a breeze. It's totally fine. It's just that one in between. Yeah. It's the in between state. It's the in between. Yeah. yeah. And it's really just, when you break it down, it's just really just like a 60 second interval of like putting my stupid shoes on and yeah. getting myself out of the door. Yeah. Getting out the door is really is, hard. Is that just yeah. like an emotional adjustment from your safe place? To, I, to somewhere I, I where it's so. not. Yeah, I think. Well, so. my safe place is walking in New York, in Manhattan. Yeah. Like to me, there's nothing better. Like I will walk for. I mean, yes. hours. I'm with you on that. I could walk forever. I could walk this whole island. Just, me too. Yeah. I do it all the time. Like, yeah. and I get pissed when I can't. Matt and I do that. That's like something we do. We just go. Really? And we just walk. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. it make yeah. you feel amazing? I love it. Yeah. It's the best thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. New York City is a great place to walk. It's why I left LA, pretty I, much. I love yeah. when you can like you have this like block or two where there's people, but you just have this like groove where you're just yeah. like in and out of people, squirming, snaking in and it's out the of them. Best. You just keep moving. You're like ahead of the rest of the world. It's the best. Yeah. Is it or is driving on a highway the no, best? No, I hate driving. No, no, no. Really? No. Like being on the road and you're on the highway and all the troubles are blown past your shoulders and you're just like, woohoo, no bills, nothing. You're just on the road. Oh. You ever have that feeling? It's like feeling of freedom. No, I have a real fear of driving. Oh, you do? Yeah, I really hate it. Have you been on, have you been on tours before? Yeah, I, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Really? I okay. hated it. You hated I, it, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think a tour bus would be so fun. Yeah. Like oh, a yeah. tour bus would be mm-hmm. amazing. But I, I was in this tour and I was in this car with this woman who loved Nicki Minaj and I thought I was going to kill my, I literally, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself if, if you don't turn that off. Like it's violently beating me (laughs) in the brain. (laughs) Yeah. You can't tour with just anybody. You have to tour with people. You can really, I couldn't believe it. I, oh, I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. I lost my mind. Yeah, Yeah. No, that's rough. But there is something to it, like riding a motorcycle, for example, that's feeling of freedom. Yeah. And nothing's bogging you down. Yeah. Like swimming. Do you guys like swimming? I get that in the water. You do? Only in like natural water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's the greatest. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess with swimming, too, if you're underwater or partially underwater, then you're not even hearing yeah. the rest of the world, too. So that shuts yeah. you off, which is nice. Yeah. And there's no gravity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's kind of like a return to the womb. Right? Yeah. It's like a big old lake womb. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine floating in space must feel like that. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy that like our brains can't even understand eternity. Like we can't even fathom that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were floating in space and you can never get nothing, you can never be non-floating. <laughs> <laughs> there's That's these uh, crazy. there's these sensory deprivation tanks that opened up in Brooklyn. <gasps> Have you heard about this? No, I want to go. You can go. It's a hundred bucks, and you sit for an hour. You float. It's salt water, and you just float on the water, 
and uh, they close the lid. They're in these little pods, and there's no sound. There's nothing. Oh, I may lose my mind. People lose their mind, right? How could you not? Yeah, you could either lose your mind or find your mind. I mean, it's really up to you. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I really want to do it, though. If we get... How can we make a hundred bucks to, what if we ask people to send us a hundred bucks just to do that and then report back to them? <laughs> Maybe or just like have the mics ready. Like as soon as you come out of it, just yeah. start talking right away. Or is yeah. that, is that the, is that doing it wrong? Like are you supposed know. to live with the experience and not talk about it afterwards? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I really want to try it. I would do it too. Yeah. It's like, uh, you ever see the movie altered states? No. Mm, nope. Oh, really? Interesting. What the, yeah, it was, because uh, what happens if you're there, an hour, it's not enough time, but people have spent like 24, 48 hours in there, and when you're floating and you're in total darkness, you lose concept of gravity, you lose concept of time, like all these, yeah, your mind just totally gets uh, turned around, and it just changes your whole mental chemistry, like, because you need... It's like people's prisoners that go insane yeah. in solitary confinement. Yeah. Because we all we all all we are is us in relation to to others. To others and other things. So without a light on or without any sort of sense of gravity, you don't know what's level, you don't know what's ground floor. I think I would go crazy. Yeah, people can absolutely go crazy what if you that. came out a complete like what if i came out like an investment banker <laughs> like what, <laughs> what if you just came out completely different yeah it's possible who knows what personality is lurking in there i would be scary do you guys ever have thoughts that then you go if i pick that scab it'll never stop like like sometimes i have thoughts <laughs> where i go if i open that door mm-hmm. we may not get out of that room <laughs> Is this a metaphorical door? No, like yeah, like in my brain, like sometimes in like the middle of the night, I'll think things and I'll be like, "Can you give us an example?" There's no coming back from that thought. It, I, when you say that, I think of drugs. I think of like, oh, someone that has uh, maybe an addiction problem or is mm-hmm. prone to addiction. Yeah, that first drink or that first snort oh yeah, or whatever. there's no coming back from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a while, for yeah. the night at least. Um, yeah, I don't know. When was the last time I had a thought that I was like, if I go down that rabbit hole? Well, you have some experience with drugs, yeah? None and, that and, I want to talk about. <laughs> if, if you there, if you want to edit anything out. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that stuff. No? Mm-mm. Okay. I, I will say, yeah. I think addiction mm-hmm. of like, I think everybody's got something. I think everybody's got a monkey on their back. Sure. I like, think we're all kind of meant to. Mm-hmm. And like... How we, we, I feel like we all have like a Goliath and however we like a dark demon that, yeah, is taunting and, it, us. and it, yeah, and it was, it's kind of like I don't think anyone should be ashamed of it because I think that makes it bigger, you know. No, and talking about it, not that I'm asking you or forcing you to talk, yeah. to, but talking about it can really help other people yeah, because thing. I think like if everybody could just go, okay, everybody has something, so I'm gonna let myself off the hook about mm-hmm. like I can't believe I do this, I'm such a piece of crap, I'm like, yeah. no, get rid of that, mm-hmm. right. But then I think it can only be like, I really think you were given it for a reason and it's to benefit other people. Like your response to it can really help other people. Absolutely. One of the best things a shrink ever told me was she said, you don't have to figure it out right now. Yeah. You know, don't put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. The answer will come to you. It doesn't have to happen right now. Yeah. 
you know, you don't have to make that decision. Yeah. I mean, like, I think tomorrow night, like the show we're getting to do at Kenmore House, Mm -hmm. which is for, it's a halfway home for vets, mostly like Vietnam vets who have had like a history of addiction. They've been homeless. They could be homeless again. My therapist, who my church lets me see for free, right? Uh-huh. Because um, it's like a non-denominational church. It's just like a very, like nobody yells. It's like a very cool place. So the church set you up with a therapist. therapist. And that- she set me up with Kenmore House mm-hmm. as a response to some of the like real struggles that I was having in my life. Because the whole theory is like, if I can help somebody else, maybe it will heal me. And, sure. And because I think as humans, like we get it so wrong. We think we need, we need, we have this hole. We need to fill it, fill it, fill it. But the hole only gets smaller when we give out of it. Yeah. So like getting to go tell jokes for them, that is more healing than anything anyone could give me. Yeah. That's A. But I also think in the other aspect that we're going to do with them is help them write jokes Mm-hmm. From because then we're giving them something that they can work towards. Yeah, turn their pain Take their into pain. joy. Because I guarantee you, they're gonna like that more than they like being entertained. People want to feel that they have something to offer. Yeah, especially when they can take their reality, their life, yeah. their struggles, and twist them into yeah. a joke. Totally. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said before. Process is my favorite part. Yeah. The process of actually writing the joke and Oh, that's your favorite part. Yeah. The process of writing it and here huh. and just executing it when I can get it to a point where I feel like I'm executing it well. That it, it's before the laugh. It's like when I say it and it was executed well. You cut it right there. I don't need the laugh. It was like, oh, if I feel like I executed it well, I'm good. Oh, see I I feel the exact opposite. All I want is them to laugh. I don't care how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, see, I just, I, I just contradicted myself because I said before, in my best day, I want to bring joy to others. Yeah. Yeah, see? I'm not the person I want to be yet. Well, none of us are. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point. What if you, when you became the person that you wanted to be, you immediately evaporated? <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. That would keep me acting like such an a-hole forever. <laughs> be like, I don't want to evaporate. You evaporate into nirvana. <laughs> I do think about that in a similar way where you can see like uh, one old person, let's say, into his or her 80s or 90s. Yeah. And they just seem really happy and content. They're just walking down the street, smiling at people. Yeah. Then you can turn the corner and you see another one that's just like all like hunched over. Totally. And just like the anger has been building for 85 years. Yeah. And it's just like how did that person get one way and the other person Yeah. What do you think way? it is? Do you think it's like a lack of acceptance? <sighs> I don't know. Well, I noticed I that with either. old people in general, a lot of them get really cranky. When they're old, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just from like failure of the body. Well, I I did this experiment once. I got to call her. I'm going to call her after this. Actually, Um, Charlene, she was this lady I lived next door to in LA, Mm -hmm. and she was like mean, the meanest person you've ever met. And I was like, I'm going to love that mean out of her. Uh And then cut to a year, a year. Of buying her groceries with no thank you, only telling me what was wrong about them. I, I mean, a year of doing for this woman. Wow. So the more she, the more vile she spit, the more love you gave. The back. more love I gave her. Okay. Yeah. So about a year of that, cut to two in the morning, getting a phone call from Charlene. I know you're on the road from your 
club gig and you just, you know, I worry about you. And did it ever cross your mind that maybe I love you and you should call me to tell me you got there okay? And like uh, wow. her helping me with auditions. Her One time I told her what the character was like and she goes, I think you got to play it like a Jewish nun. Was she right? She was a thousand percent right. Ha ha. Like. Did she have an entertainment background at all? Or not was at all. Her, her taste. Like, not like, at all. Like, she like, was yeah. like this weird yeah. kind of poet lady that like nobody liked because she was horrible. Mm-hmm. And then she became so, she became like so loving. Did you ever figure out what made her so bitter and angry? I don't know. I think there may have been like some, I don't know. I don't know. I think she was like, of, uh, I bet she didn't come from a stable household. No, I think <laughs> she was like a very selfish person. I mm-hmm. think that being selfish makes you angry because mm-hmm. you never get the thing that you think is going to make you happy. Right. Yeah. I think she was selfish. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is like, I want to touch on issues that can help other people. Yeah. You know, we are, it is about you, but hopefully we can get to some places where people can latch in and it could help them. Yeah. When I'm selfish with my time, I was being selfish with my time earlier today Uh and I was really angry. Oh, uh uh-huh. So I, maybe it's selfishness. Maybe, yeah, maybe that. And I think anger sometimes, in a, in a wrong way, helps you think you're justifying how you've been wronged. Yeah. Like, well, if I continue to be angry about that person bumping into me, then he's wrong for bumping into me. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. And maybe point. this woman, after all these years, she's just yeah. about to stay angry at the world. Yeah. It proves that I've been wronged by the world. Yeah, but I also, I, I totally agree with you, but mm. I also do think in our country, we do wrong the elderly. Mm-hmm. In a big time way, we go, we took all your best years and now we don't give a crap if you have enough money and they don't, that mm-hmm. money doesn't rise with inflation that they, right? you know, they, she was living in a, in a bachelor apartment, which I was too, but I was, you know, very young. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. A bachelor is in an apartment without even a kitchen. It's just like a bedroom and a shower and a right. toilet, you know, but can you imagine being in your late seventies alone in a situation like that with, you know, not enough money for food every week. It's like, what, what's wrong with us? We're horrible to old people. Yeah. It's a couple of reasons. I think, well, for some reason we don't respect the elders like yeah. they do in other countries, Yeah, but it also might come from capitalism. Yeah. Well, the, the older people aren't the ones spending. They're not the ones buying yeah. things. So everything is geared towards the 18 to 35 right. demographic. Because right. those are the people that are buying stuff. It's so stupid. It is, but that's capitalism. Once you get way out of that demographic, who cares about you? It's so stupid though, if you think about it, because that eighteen-year-old doesn't even ma- have money. That's somebody else's money. Like, yeah, unless they've been tricked to getting a credit card. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a whole new thing, but yeah, a whole different thing. I mean, that was some of the best advice I ever got. My stepfather told me to get a credit card when I was eighteen. And it was really good advice because uh, I've used that credit card <laughs> quite a bit. Um, I had maxed out all of my credit cards by mm-hmm. like my sophomore year of college. And you didn't yeah. pay them? Well, 
let's not talk about that. But, yeah. But like that was horrible advice from a person that had no idea what to do with money. I was like, right. oh, you just light this on fire and like do a rain dance or you something? You know, I guess the good part of the advice was get the credit card, buy one thing for $10 or whatever, and then pay it off and never use it ever again. Oh, yeah. That sounds like great advice. Yeah. Because it gives you good credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got good credit. And now I've got some serious credit card debt. But... Without that good credit, I wouldn't have gotten good credits, good credit cards, good credit cards. Yes. And you wouldn't have this good debt? Is that? <laughs> it's manageable. You know? Oh, it is but manageable? Like, I wouldn't have been able to have this Oh, equipment. yeah, you have like, really nice equipment. I invested in my livelihood. That's that. nice. Yeah. That's nice. And so it's, it's come in handy. Yeah. At times. Yeah. See, uh. What time is it, just to be safe? It's oh. 4.15. Oh, cool. Okay. What time? Okay. You let me know what time do you have to go and I'll... Probably 4.30. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep an eye out on that awesome. clock for you. Yeah. Awesome, thanks. See, some people take a sense of stability, get a sense of stability with material possessions. Yeah, I know. Like buying, having a lot of stuff gives you that stability. Yeah. Do you get that? I think there is an element to me that gets that. Mm. Yeah, it's not an element that I'm happy with, but yeah. it's also like, I don't know if you believe in astrology, but a tour, I'm a Taurus, mm-hmm. and that's a thing with Taurus. They like to have... Like, good food and, like, good... Not... I mean, look, I don't live in a nice place, but, you know, it's like... There is an element to me. Thanks. Yeah. For New York. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a mansion for New York. (laughs) I do every day feel compulsive about, like, I just got to go buy crap. I got to go buy crap. Yeah, in a compulsive way? Yeah, totally. I don't need anything. I literally need nothing. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What are you buying? Like clothes? Or, anything, or? anything. Every day, I just want to buy stuff. Yeah. What kind of I stuff? I mostly resist it. I do love, like, th- there are times where I, I realize I just spent the whole day and didn't spend any money. Like, wow. any, any food I ate was from home Doesn't or that I brought with so me. so good? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't spend a penny oh, all God, day. That's I didn't, amazing. I didn't contribute to, to the, you know. To, to the world in that way financially and it feels it feels it's not see it's men not often. It's men not, like that this is what i don't understand why women don't have like equal pay we are the buyers we will literally just put it back into the economy right. it makes no sense have you unpacked why you want to why you get this urge to buy stuff no and i think about it every day i'm like what is it what is it? i think i need the dopamine i think mm-hmm. like i don't know every day i think it's, it's because there it's something tangible you know, with being yeah. an art, an artistic path is a rough path because unless you're getting a lot of money, yeah. there's nothing tangible. An applause comes and goes. There's nothing tangible. It'd be like, oh, maybe a write-up if you get an article about you, but there's nothing tangible that quantifies your success. That's yeah. Maybe it's something to hold on to. Yeah, it's some that's people really like true. what you do. Some people don't. Some people don't. Yeah. It's just there. It's a ne- it's a hard to win situation. Yeah. And I think that's why an artist's life leads to a rough road of perhaps drug abuse, perhaps any sort of shopping ab- addiction. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Because <laughs> we're searching for that thing. Yeah. That's so funny. My grandma was like that, too. She was like a shopaholic, like serious. But mm-hmm. are, are you buying things you never use? Because there are a lot of people that just have closets full of clothes that I they've have never worn. S- I have so many. It, this is the other thing, though. I have so many clothes, and it's out of control. I have way too many clothes. But here's the thing. I've been the same size most of my life. So 
I can keep clothes <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> forever. Yeah. But also, you know, because I'm an actress, I will sometimes, oh, I think I have this thing and I'll wear it to an audition and it'll be 20 years old. It's not a total waste. It's, so it's not a total waste. Yeah. So it's justified spending. Kind of? I guess. I don't go buy like really expensive things. Yeah. I probably, well, it seems I should like, probably get better quality and less of them than mm-hmm. all of them and you know crappy quality yeah but it still seems like that doesn't bring you as much joy as uh, like say what you're going to do tomorrow with uh entertaining war veterans oh yeah no most days i resist the urge to buy crap i don't you know mm-hmm. i don't do it every day because i find like that kind of joy is fleeting anyway and i think it ends for me personally it makes me feel more sad than when me i started too. me too because then afterwards i'm like i can't believe i wasted that money mm-hmm. like why did i do that Blah, blah, blah. So I resist most of the time. But yeah, the thing with the war vets, like that's going to make me feel way better than anything I can buy. Yeah. And you've done this before this show? Not for them, no. Not for them, okay. Mm -hmm. So you still practice the religion that you grew up with your parents? No, I don't. It's not a religion. I practice, um, I read the Bible. You do? Yeah, every day. And You read it every day? Yeah, morning and night. Like, do you do Bible lessons, or you mm-hmm. just pick up lessons mm-hmm. from the church every day, every Not week? Not from the church, just the Bible. How do you make your own Bible lesson? I pray. Mm-hmm. First, I write. I write out. I, like, let my brain leak. I write out Anything. everything like in the a, morning. Like morning pages? Morning pages, just write out. Way. And then, and I started doing this a long time ago in college. It was very hard for me to pray and I didn't want to pray to the God that I had been told about. I wanted to understand my own relationship with God. Yeah. So I would just write God letters uh-huh. or like paint on paper, something that I felt like I could some way to get a connection that wasn't like the voices I had been told. Mm-hmm. Now, are you asking for something? Yeah, I am. I'm asking to be... Um, like, I want to be, I think that my biggest fear in life is to not feel purpose. I want to, I want to, um, I want to get to do every single day the, the thing that I feel like I was put on this planet to do. So you're asking for a sense of purpose. Yeah. Like direction, like that. I wouldn't go on my own self will, which is very selfish and a get, what can I get, 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 but that I would be. I don't succeed at this hardly ever, but mm-hmm. I think I would like to be led out of love and really like, I would like my life to be like a lamp, you know, like mm-hmm. it can sit there and you can even think the lamp looks cool, mm-hmm. but like the lamp is best served when on. And like, so I, I think that like my connection with God, which I believe is love mm-hmm. that when I'm, acting out of love and am connected with that, that then my lamp's on, you know? So when you're speaking to God, are you speaking to another entity or are you speaking to something within yourself? I guess I think it's another entity. It's something outside of yourself. I guess I think it's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it kind of a being or is it an energy? Uh, 
Does it have a sex? Is it male or female? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I really think that's kind of weird. There's so many things I think are weird. I think it's weird that all the paintings of Jesus are like Anglo-Saxon, which that would have been the first miracle, like because there's no way a yeah. white dude was ever gonna live in that part of the world. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? But like, it's interesting because you know, in in AA and stuff, a lot of people get turned off to AA because of all the God stuff. Yeah. Because it's tied in with God, but you can prescribe your own meaning of God. <clears throat> yeah, and that actually being able to make God what I wanted God to be, that idea turns me off. Turns you off? Yeah, I don't like that. Huh. I don't like that. Why? I mean, isn't that a freedom? I don't want, no, I don't want, I want God to be way bigger than my mind. Oh. Like, but I don't you, want it to be limited to my mind. But you've decided what God is no, for I you. Think, no, but I think it's it evolves every day. That's why it's a practice. I don't think, like, I would never be so egotistical to think, I know what it is and let me tell you what it is. Like, it's a practice every day. Right. Well, that's my big beef with religion in me general. Me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Who are you to know? Exactly. Me you're too. You're just a human like everyone else. Yeah, you're totally mm-hmm. a human. Like, I don't, and I never, and that's why I never understand where, like, God told me to do this. I'm like, does God sound like Morgan Freeman? Like, I wish that, <laughs> I wish that, you know, but I do sometimes get feelings or I know and I always test it with, like, is this loving? Because mm-hmm. it's never going to not be, like, and I think there's different ways to look at, like, at that, but it's never, I don't ever think God's going to tell you to do something that's, like, unloving action that's your yardstick to that's weather. kind of yeah so but sometimes you need to show tough love to something i did that today to stand up to stand up yeah what do you mean i didn't want to do it today i don't want to i didn't you did a show today already? no tonight, oh, tonight. i didn't okay. want to do my show yeah i didn't want to tell jokes tomorrow night to the vets i wanted you guys to do it i wanted to organize it i didn't want to do it right and then I had to push through that and be like, okay, you need to first start with gratitude. Mm, yeah. So I'm grateful. Yeah. Then you need to see, it's not up to me to decide where I am best used. Right. So. That's the guidance you're looking for. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, clearly there are people mm-hmm. that need to get some laughs and I would be so lucky if I could be the vessel of those laughs. And then it like changes my mindset. See, this practice can help me get out of my door on time too. Yeah. Cause I have that fear of transition. Like I said before. Yeah. And it's like, it's not about you. It's about like, right. and I'm a bad example cause I was late today, but it's like, and I felt really bad about that. And it was making me angry because I knew I was in the wrong. I didn't allow myself enough time to get here when like, it's best to like respect, like you really respect humans when you honor their time, Yeah, you know? And I'm like the worst at that. I got to get better at that. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things. My That's my guiding light with this podcast is to really kind of provide something that people can benefit from yeah and it's like i don't even like to talk with people about god very much because i feel like 
people really judge you. And it's like, well, this is my journey. Like, I don't care. I don't want to force my thing on anyone else. I don't condemn anyone else's beliefs. I don't make fun of anyone else or make judgments on their intellect. You know, this is just my, this is just, you know, yeah, what, from what I do. Yeah, from <laughs> what I'm hearing, it seems like it should be the role model of religion. Oh, that's I, sweet. I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have given religion a really bad name. I agree. So people just assume if you're a religious person, if you believe in God, you're horrible. I agree. Yeah. It's so funny because there's so many, like, closeted Christians in New York mm-hmm. City. Because I go to, like, tons of different churches. If a church says something that I think is, like, weird, I'll just leave. <laughs> like, you, you go to church every Sunday? I do. You do. But, like, my church is always packed. And I've been to tons of churches in the city. And they're always packed. But no one in New York will talk about it. <laughs> right, like, right, right. It's like this, like, underground, like... Yeah, because the Mike Huckabees of the world have given... Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. A disgusting. And I really think, like... I really think if God were like around walking and I shouldn't, I'm not speaking for God, but my Mm -hmm. understanding, which is very limited Uh of God and Christ, I think it would be God would maybe be more at like comedy clubs than some of these churches that are like telling all these people they don't belong here. When I, everything I've read in the Bible is like, oh no, you all belong. You all belong. It's interesting. I'm surprised that you read the Bible because the yeah. Bible is like a crazy book. It's a very vengeful God sometimes in the Bible. Sometimes. Do you believe in uh, a vengeful God that would... No. It, you don't. There's this really great book called The Ragamuffin Gospel. I was actually reading it on my way over here. My therapist gave it to me. It's really, uh-huh. really good. And it's basically talking about like this infinite grace and this infinite love and like I think sometimes we fall hard as humans and we then get forgiven. And that's just a tiny example of like the love and grace that is actually out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a vengeful God. I just don't believe in a vengeful God. Yeah. I've done really bad crap. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you make sense of the Bible then sometimes like, or sometimes I don't. You don't. And I have no idea. mm -hmm. I really relate to, um, like I look at the book of Psalms, which is like so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And over and over in the Bible, it'll say like David was a man after God's own heart. But David did horrible things and wonderful things. Right. And I just described every human horrible and wonderful. Right. And so completely loved. Mm. So that is what I believe. I do not understand all of that. I will never understand uh, treating a woman as a slave. I will never understand a lot of it. I don't worry about it. Yeah. It's not for me to understand. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. Yeah. I'm not, that's, I don't care to understand that. When you go, when you're at church on Sundays, do you feel grounded? Do you feel like that's your home? Um, no, but I feel like I remember I was having a really hard time and I like emailed my pastor, which I would never do that. I go to church late. I leave early. I don't talk to anyone. Uh I would never. And I just emailed him. And he like immediately emailed me back and was like, let me help you out with this. And was just like, no, don't feel guilty. You're crazy. We all do bad things, blah, blah, blah. Right. And like any church that I felt like works with drug addicts by saying, God's not mad at you. Like you want a sandwich? Like they don't pay to have their own building. They don't take like, Anything like that, I just thought I that my life will only be better by acting that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And my pastor like follows me on Twitter. <laughs> Is that unnerving? 
No, because they told me I could say tits at this thing tomorrow. Like, they don't care. Like, I think so many people get wrapped up in these, like, legalism and, like, this weird church that's represented on Fox News. And I don't see God in any of that. Yeah, I'll, just from a creative perspective also, I think that it could stunt your creativity if you're worrying about your words. And especially if it's God that's going to be PC on you. I mean, sheesh. Yeah, I do worry about that. Yeah. You know, I do worry about that. Like, I don't want the comics tomorrow saying certain things. I'm just going to tell everybody to do, like, a TV clean set, which right, right. most comics, if they were smart, would have that anyway. Sure. Yeah. You know, but um, not if they were smart. That came out nasty. I didn't mean it to. But, uh, well, from a career perspective. Yeah. And yeah. it's also just like, we're there to be of service to them. These guys really don't need to be reminded of drugs. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I was asked to be careful of. Right. So. Yeah. You don't want to cause a relapse. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very uh, thankful for you coming here. It's 4.30. Did exactly. I sound like a crazy like Bible person? No, not at all. Not oh, a, thanks. No. <laughs> no yeah. It's okay. actually really nice to hear someone coming to with it from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Mm-hmm. You came thanks. up as a very, I think, a very refreshing Bible person. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I might even say you could be a role model for religion. Oh, Religious thanks. people. That's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll just add to that that there probably are a lot of people who are brought up with religion, mm-hmm. but then get turned off to it. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, God, yeah. you know, this, my church uh, doesn't allow homosexuals in it or, or whatever it is. Like, I don't yeah. want to be part of that. But for people to know that there is a place where people can continue to be religious and read the Bible and believe in God, where it's not about hate. Yeah, because I don't mm-hmm. think there's any room for where hate of anyone. It, like, that's the most anti- God thing I've ever heard of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it seems like you're using it for uh, your own benefit and for the benefit of everybody else. Hopefully. And it also seems like it's giving you uh, stability, which I think is great. And I, yeah, you're amazing to me. I don't think you should feel any sort of uh, oh my gosh, insecurity so about Thanks. your talents. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I do think, like I said before, I think it's bullshit. I think that if you grew up in a stable household, Mm -hmm. you would feel totally confident about what you're doing. I think that's all that it amounts to. Wow. Nothing more than that. That's so nice. I I just, I mean, you'd have the same talents, you'd be the same person. That's the only difference is just an instability of a household as a child. Wow. Sets a tone for our mental state. You don't need to go to therapy anymore. I know this is amazing. Gary figured it out. (laughs) Signed off on you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This was fun. Yeah, thanks a lot for doing it. Thank you for having me. (laughs) 